Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, here we are, ready to go. Happy New Year. Can I still say Happy New Year? I think so. It's still January, and this is my podcast. Isn't that funny to say? My podcast. Welcome to Girlfriends Podcast, our very first episode, in which we are going to be talking about overcoming jealousy and competition among women. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a big one to start with. Don't pretend that you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? I know. I know whenever a group of women gets together, that's the number one thing in everyone's mind. We're all always competing and comparing inside of our minds. That's our natural inclination, it seems, and it's so hard to overcome. And I've experienced myself many different ways in which that can hurt your own self-worth, the ways in which it can damage friendships, the ways in which it's really just an evil thing that can come between women when I truly believe we're meant to get together to affirm and encourage and build one another up. So this is the opposite of that. So rooting this out really is at very much the heart of what I'm trying to do here with this podcast is talking about overcoming jealousy and competition among girlfriends. Um, to give you an example of this, this is something that uh, made me think about this in the first place. Um, I recently received an email from a reader who had read something that I had shared online, and she was just thanking me for it, saying she appreciated it. And she appreciated especially how in this particular article I had shared a little bit of my own weakness and my own failures. Um, so what she wrote to me was, um, I also subscribe to X blog. I'm saying X. She didn't call it X. She called it out and said, not sure why I haven't canceled by now because she is just way too perfect for me. Every time I read her blog, I feel inadequate. I feel as if I'm not doing what I should be doing as a mother and as a wife. And when I read your blog, I feel good about myself and I am better able to see God in my everyday life. Well, now I'm not sharing this to say that I'm so awesome because I share my weaknesses. In fact, I sometimes feel like some of us, and I include myself in this, share our weaknesses maybe too readily and that can become its own annoying thing. So um, what, the reason why I'm bringing this up though is that I know the lady who's behind the X blog that this reader is talking about and she's lovely, a lovely person inside and out. Her blog is beautiful. Her posts are happy and cheerful and pretty, etc. But knowing her in real life, I know that she's a real person too, and she has flaws and weaknesses and struggles just like everyone else. But getting the perspective of this reader who only sees what this woman shares online was a little bit eye-opening for me because I know, we all know this in this day and age where we're sharing on social media and whatnot, we know how easy it is to just put forward your best foot, put forward your best face all the time and only show the pretty side of things. But we all also know the reality of what it's like to struggle in real life, to have your own life, your own marriage, your own family, your own spiritual life come up less than perfect. And so when we're comparing ourselves to these these beautiful images that we see online or these beautiful descriptions of family life, that sometimes it's hard not to feel like you're losing. And it's hard not to feel like these people sometimes are sticking your face in it. But just knowing that contrast between this woman's reaction to what this person was sharing online and my own because I know the whole person, I think is an important point for us to note when we're talking about jealousy and competition among women, because 
this is actually at the heart of what's going on here. Anytime we're experiencing that kind of feeling of inadequacy, you're feeling like you're failing because someone else is succeeding. I mean, that's the definition of jealousy is not, you know, not, not wanting other people to succeed because it hurts you in some way. And that's really just the opposite of what God wants for us in our, in our family lives and in our friendships with other women. So, but that's the thing about blogs, about Facebook, about Periscope, about Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Oh gosh. Or Pinterest. Forget it. And you know, I understand that. I've been there and I've felt the same way sometimes when you're sitting in the middle of a giant mess and you click on something that looks so perfect and so lovely. But what's important to remind ourselves when we're looking to overcome these kinds of feelings of inadequacy or when we're looking to overcome these feelings of jealousy or this temptation toward competition with other women, what we, what's important to remember is that we're only seeing in all these different media And we need to constantly remind ourselves of this. We are only seeing what other people are choosing to share with us. And that's why these things can be such a powerful force for the good. Because people can share beautiful and encouraging and positive and affirming things. And I think a lot of times bloggers, even like the one that 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 emailer talked about, are really trying to do something positive and trying to share something optimistic and hopeful and beautiful and inspire other people. And it can have that effect in other people. But what happens is we sometimes, when we're, especially when we're struggling ourselves, when we're experiencing our own weaknesses in um, a uniquely powerful way, as happens sometimes in life, um, in those moments, we're really vulnerable. And what's important to remember is that we're comparing what we know about ourselves deep down in our hearts. We know the worst. We know our own dirt, don't we? I mean, we know it inside and out in embarrassing detail. We know the dirt of our own marriages. We know the dirt of our own spiritual lives. We know our own thoughts and our temptations and the ways in which we sin. We know our own family's flaws and our children's struggles and weaknesses. We know those so intimately and so deeply. And yet that is what we're choosing to compare to the beautiful, shiny, happy outside that somebody else is willing to show us. So we're comparing our dirty, weak failures of insides to the beautiful, happy, shiny outsides of other people. And that's ridiculous. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no way in the world you're ever going to win that competition. So what I'm trying to tell you here today is let's bow out of that competition because you're always going to lose it you're always going to come away feeling like a failure. And I do know that there there are women who, uh, you know, on social media or even in your real life that you might know that you might be tempted to think, yeah, she she knows she's showing off this perfection in some way. And, and that might be true. There is that temptation too on the other side of this when you know that you've, you're, you're doing something um, more perfectly than someone else or pulling something off better and your family's succeeding in a way that someone else's isn't. There is that temptation to look for your self-worth in that in that kind of triumph over other people, to look for your self-worth in measuring yourself up against other people who might be coming up shorter than you are. And that's also a bad temptation here. That's the other side of this. You know, we can destroy ourselves and feel so weak and vulnerable and, you know, just be just just wallowing in our failures and in our weaknesses. And, and then we're tempted to destroy our self-esteem by looking at other people and, and looking to discern our self-worth in our relationship to other people, other women especially. But then we can do the same thing on the other side where we're looking to build ourselves up by showing off something that we think is superior, that we're looking to, in both the cases, 
we're looking to discern our self-worth in a place where it doesn't belong, in a place where we're never going to find it. And that's the issue here. You don't discern your self-worth in comparison with other people, in comparison with your peers, in comparison with other women. You're never going to find it there. You're always going to lose end of the day. Even if you win so-called temporarily, feel like you gave yourself a shot in the arm somehow at the expense of another person, you're always going to lose in the end because that's not where our self-worth comes from. It comes from our relationship with God. We are inherently worthy in dignity and worthy of love. We are worthy creatures because we're daughters of God. That's where we discern our self-worth. So that's what we need to remind ourselves. So when you're getting on Facebook or you're looking on Instagram and you're scrolling through and you start to feel like something's making you feel inadequate, or if you note some relationship in your life, some event in your life, some group you might belong to or something you participate in that makes you feel inadequate, like that reader wrote to me or that discourages you, get out. You don't need it. Get it out of your life. Move on. Stop going there. And I think we all have times in our lives where we can handle that kind of input from other people because we feel like we're relatively on top of things. But if you're in a vulnerable place in your life and you're feeling inadequate and insecure in your own relationship in your marriage or with your kids or as a mom or in the workplace, then looking to compare yourself to other people is just going to destroy you from the start. And looking at things as a competition, and it's hard because I know some of us are more competitive, more naturally competitive than others. And competition can be a good thing. If you find you're naturally a competitive person, then look for a positive outlet for that in your life. You know, um, join something or, uh, you know, take part in a a sporting event or um, make some goals for yourself to compete against yourself or set spiritual goals to further advance yourself and and kind of feed it with that sense of competition that you have. But I think ultimately, what whatever level of competition you're tempted to feel in your life, that that drive is a good thing because it's a drive toward excellence. And we should all be driven toward excellence. And that's a positive force, but it's just in the ways in which we choose to use it. If we're, if we're using it to beat up other people and build our own selves up, or if we, we use it to feel like we're failing all the time because we're not measuring up and we're competing with others in our minds, then that's a destructive force. You can't be using it that way. So you got to look for positive ways to kind of use that competitive spirit that you might have. And I'm as bad at this as anybody. I'm not here preaching this to you because I've got it all figured out and I never mess this up because... I certainly have. And one of the funniest things, um, one of the funniest ways that my eyes were open to this was many years ago, my son Eamon is now 19 years old, but he was just a little guy. He was probably like four years old. And I had gotten invited to um, co-host a baby shower with another girlfriend of mine. And I was just super intent that this was going to be the awesomest baby shower that ever took place. And I didn't realize that my little guy at the time was watching me as I talked about, as I researched recipes, as I looked up games, as I, you know, all these different things that I was doing to prepare for this baby shower with a huge level of intensity. 
I don't think I was motivated by um, wanting to especially honor the mom and her new baby. I mean, I guess I was, but in some way, it was, I was driven to just compete and just be the best and put on a show at this baby shower. And I'm sure I put my family through all levels of anxiety as I prepared for this thing. Anyway, so the day of the shower came and I made all my recipes and I brought them over. It was being hosted at a different house and we went through and did that. And then when I came home, my, my little guy, four-year-old Amon, looked at me and he said, so did you win? And I was like, what are you talking about? Did I win what? And then I realized that all of what I was doing conveyed to him, communicated to my little guy that I was, you know, in deep in a competition of sorts, not a celebration of new life, not a a joyful, loving event where we were going to honor and um, welcome this new baby, but a competitive event between women. And he wanted to know if I had won it. So that was funny. And I think about it now and then when I feel that kind of same feeling come over me, like, oh, this has to be the best. And really, that's that's fine to, to want to do a good job at things. But we also need to keep that in check. And we need to make sure we're not approaching everything as if it is that all out competition that ultimately is a destructive force, especially when we're talking about our friendships between women. So you need to cut out those things that are are tempting you toward that destructive force in your life. If you find that you can't approach certain activities or, or certain events or certain groups of people even perhaps without it bringing out that competition in you or that jealousy in you, then you need to remove it from your life. Because the beautiful part is when you open yourself up to real sharing to true friendships and in in your relationships with other women, those are the kinds of relationships that will not destroy your self-worth, but will feed it. And those are the kinds of friendships that won't leave you feeling worthless and inadequate, but they'll remind you of your worth. They'll affirm your strengths and your gifts, and they'll empower you as a wife, as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend. Those are the kinds of relationships that are soul-feeding instead of soul-sapping. They won't leave you feeling worthless. They'll remind you of your worth. So I encourage you to seek out those kinds of relationships in your life, wherever you can find them. And I know it's difficult, and that's probably a topic for another podcast. Um, But ultimately, what I'm trying to tell you here with regard to jealousy and competition is, number one, stop comparing because you will always lose that game. And number two, Remember where you truly, really discern your self-worth, and that's as a beloved daughter of God. And then number three, cut out those things in your life that you find are a destructive force that are hurting you, that are hurting your relationships with other women. And then seek out those kinds of relationships that will build you up and affirm you and allow you to do the same for other women. And then nurture those friendships when you find them. And now, speaking of friendships, a real-life friend of mine, Lisa Hendy, is joining us on Girlfriends today. She and I had a fun conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Take a listen. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Hello. I am thrilled today to have Lisa Hendy joining us here on the Girlfriends Podcast. Lisa, if you haven't heard of Lisa Hendy, then you might want to crawl out from under that rock that you've been living under because everybody knows Lisa. And if you don't, you're going to really enjoy getting to know Lisa. Lisa Hendy is founder of CatholicMom.com. She's the author of The Grace of Yes and the Chime Travelers Fiction Series for Children. 
Lisa speaks internationally on faith, family, and technology, and resides in the Diocese of Fresno with her husband, Greg. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about your new podcast. This is fantastic. I'm thrilled to have you on it. You were one of the first people I thought of, and really the heart of what I'm trying to do here is connecting women with other women in ways that are meaningful. And that pretty much sums up your professional life, doesn't it? I love it. I wouldn't exactly even say that I have a professional life. I just have a bunch of girlfriends scattered all over the world, and we're trying to do good work together. So I love this mission. Great. Well, I'm so glad you've agreed to join us. And um, Lisa, to the listeners, is being a little bit of a good sport here because she's my guinea pig. We're experimenting with how we're going to set up the interviews here on the podcast. And um, I had the idea that when we do interviews here, and I, I do plan to feature different women in each podcast each week, that I'd like for us to ask the women very similar questions. And um, that way, the different kinds of answers that our guests will share with us will highlight for us, I hope, in encouraging and inspiring ways, the different ways in which God calls us to holiness as women and the different ways in which we live out our vocations as wives, as moms, as as workers, as um, you know, evangelists and people out there doing God's work. And so what I'm hoping is that in, in sharing these same questions every time, that we women, we listeners will be inspired and encouraged by the things that we have that are different about us, but then also especially those things that make us all the same. So let's get started. The first question I want to ask you, Lisa, is why don't you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment, whether it was with CatholicMom.com, with your writing, with your travels, or in your personal life as a wife and a mom? Oh boy, that's a that was a big question, Danielle. You know, it's it would it's sometimes it's easier to say when were the times that you didn't try. <laughs> that question's coming. <laughs> my mind my mind went to um first of all to things that have happened with our boys. And you know, I think any mom will say that you can look at your children and and see happy, you know, hearts and and feel a sense of triumph that maybe you've done something a little good to, you know, to be a part of their joy. Um, so there's that for sure. Not not their accomplishments, but just kind of happiness that they mm-hmm. feel in their life and um, a sense of kind of that my boys are in a good place right now makes me feel a, a small sense of motherly triumph. But career-wise, I have to say that with CatholicMom.com, it's in seeing our contributors um engage in their own triumphs. And Mm -hmm. so I remember one time um, driving on the road and hearing one of our contributors on Catholic radio. And as she was introduced, they said, she's a contributor to catholicmom.com. And I remember actually like just stopping at that moment and being so happy for the fact that I didn't even know that person was going to be on the radio that day. And just to feel the joy of seeing the little platform that we've provided really do some amazing things for women, including, I mean, and it's not unusual now for me to see, to pick up a new Catholic book and see in the author's bio, you know, this person is a contributor to catholicmom.com. And I, I give a little, you know, mental cheer every time I see that because God has been so good with this little platform platform that, that we've created. It sure has grown. You know, I remember when I first contacted you so many years ago when my first book came out, I sent you an email saying, do you think somebody at catholicmom.com would consider reviewing my book? And you wrote back, somebody. It's just me and a hamster here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
just thought that was so cute. I was so surprised because it had such a professional feel to it that I thought there were multiple people behind this platform. But wow, that has really grown and you've done amazing things with it. And I love watching how you kind of mother the contributors there and the way you're talking about them now just really highlights that. It's a really beautiful thing. It's it's a joy. And we still, I mean, unfortunately, the hamster has gone to hamster heaven. Aww. It's pretty much me and one paid, uh, poorly paid employee, <laughs> a bunch of volunteers, hundreds of volunteers. And, and to see what the Holy Spirit has made of it is a, is a true, I'd say a triumph for God. Um, I'm just beautiful. trying to do my best to be a good steward. It's a beautiful thing to watch. We're happy for that. All right, so let's move on from the triumph to the opposite of the triumph. Um, would you share with us, and you know, you don't have to spill your guts, but share with us about a mistake you once made, whether it was professionally or personally, and what did you learn from that mistake? I'm going to say a personal one, but the list is long. But I remember this happening. Um, my husband, Greg, is an emergency medicine physician. We were married in his first year of medical school. And so those were busy years. And our first son, Eric, was born during Greg's residency. And I got very good at being kind of the very independent wife and mom who Greg was always around, but I could never kind of rely on him consistently because his schedule as a resident was so crazy. So I remember shortly after he he graduated residency and we were living in, uh, in our new, you know, home. Mm-hmm. I said to him one day, um, Eric and I are going down to see my parents. They were living in Southern California at the time. And I said, I'll be back, you know, Monday. And he stopped me and he said, you know, um, if you would have asked me, I actually could be going with you this weekend. My oh. schedule could have been arranged and life is different now. And I want you to know that, you know, I need you to communicate with me because I know you're very used to being independent, but the time has come when, you know, I can be a little more flexible with my schedule. And it was a good lesson to learn. And unfortunately, I've repeated the mistake over the years sometimes as a wife, especially with my professional stuff of not checking in with Greg first and forgetting Mm -hmm. that my first vocation is to being a wife and mom, you know, despite all my other duties, um, that communicating with him needs to come first. And, you know, that, that doesn't mean I'm any less independent or less capable of doing things on my own, but that to be a good wife means to have good communication with my husband. Absolutely. That's a great lesson, an ongoing lesson I think many of us are learning in our own marriages. So thank you for sharing that. It's very real, very real and very practical. Okay, so moving on to the next question, what is the best advice that you have ever received? Who gave it to you and in what ways do you try to implement it? Oh, I have to say all of my best advice comes from my mom and dad. They're totally awesome. And there's two pieces. One of them, if anybody's ever read The Grace of Yes, you know this one. It's always to err on the side of generosity that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can say yes, go ahead and say it. And I wrote a whole book that's just my mom and dad's philosophy um, supplemented. But the second one that they gave me, which I think would be fun to share here, is something that they used to say when we were growing up, which is never leave one party in search of another. And it's funny because my mom and dad were kind of party people. They were always the last to leave any party because they were (laughs) usually staying to help clean up. They always danced the last dance and and stayed to help clean up. But that advice not to be looking for a better party down the street in my mind can relate to jobs, can relate to relationships or Mm -hmm. parishes or really anything where we think a a sense of like discontentment that there might be something better out there. It's like bring your best to the party. And if there's something missing, make it better yourself. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love that advice. And, and uh, I love it for parties, but I love it also for my marriage and for mm-hmm. my work and everything else. So I'm never leaving one good party in search of another. 
<laughs> I love that. And I love that the, the counter to that is investing in what you have where you are already. And what a, what a countercultural thing in today's divorce culture. You know, that's always what the saddest thing is to me when I hear of people, people even know peripherally, even some people I know very personally, who are, are tempted in that way to leave a committed relationship in search of the next party because they think they're going to be fulfilled. And it's so sad because you're watching them thinking, you're going to have problems in that new relationship. You right, think you're leaving them right. all behind, but sorry, on this side of heaven, there is no perfection. And so that really is beautiful for the restless spirit that so many of us have. That's um, really very grounding advice. I okay. love it. Yeah. Um, okay, Lisa, next question. Tell us something that some people might be surprised to find out about you. We think we know Lisa all together, people, but she's going to surprise us now. I know. I've written way too much. There's so much out there. But I'll say maybe one of it might be that I actually studied Russian for three years and went to school in the Soviet Union. Whoa. Okay, say something <laughs> in Russian. <laughs> yeah. So how do you say CatholicMom.com in Russian? I am not a former spy, and sadly, I can't speak any Russian anymore. But when I was in college, I was a French major, and I went to school in France for a year. And while I was there, I had a little visit to what was then the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love. So when I when I went back, I actually immediately immersed myself in studying Russian, and actually did my first semester of graduate school at an international business school studying French and. Russian and uh, spent that semester at what was then the University of Leningrad and now St. Petersburg. So, wow, you were always destined to be the traveler you are. Well, it's funny. I kind of um, tabled it when Greg and I got engaged. I actually gave up that that master's degree and my my eventual graduate work was in human resource development. And it's funny though that both the the work. Um, in HR and, and training and development. And actually that's the travel that I did really mm-hmm. helped me now in my, in the work that I'm doing. It's funny how God always has a plan, even though we think, I thought back then I was giving something up and I need, I see now that it was just investment for something that would come later on down the line in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful when you can see the bigger picture after the fact. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Next question up. If you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago, what would you say? (laughs) I laugh at this question (laughs) because, you know, FemCatholicMom.com started 15 years ago. That's what I was thinking when I was looking over these questions. And I was thinking, when you asked me this, I was thinking, okay, what I probably should have said is pray just a little bit more before you register that domain name, thinking that you're starting a hobby that's going to last two months, because I, there's no way that I, I could have imagined that the work that I'm doing now would be, you know, the genesis of it would have been kind of, um, you know, this little nagging at my heart that was happening 15 years ago. And I, I wish I could say that I prayerfully discerned and, you know, talk to spiritual advisors and, you know, even talk to Greg. I didn't do any of that. I I late one night spent $9.99 registering a domain name and (laughs) bought a bunch of dummies books. And so I should have prayed more. And the rest is history. Yeah. Well, you know what, Lisa, I, I love that you share that because that's very real. And it's been my experience as well that some of the largest decisions I've made, I've kind of stumbled into and it's been messy along the way, never really had intentionality about it. And I think God works that way with us sometimes. He knows we're a great big mess and he works with our messiness. 
Yeah, it's just funny though now that I'm in this position to kind of be a mentor to some people that I'm I'm able to say like don't do what I did. <laughs> Spend a little bit of but then at the same time, I mean, sometimes if you're really feeling a calling to something, mm-hmm. like even if it doesn't make sense, those are sometimes some of the best guesses that we say. Absolutely. I completely agree and that's that's born great fruit in your life obviously. So, thank you for sharing that. Um okay, so I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit and talk about girlfriends cuz this is the girlfriends podcast. Um, I want to know, Lisa, what do you think are some of the things that stand in the way of women developing real friendships with real girlfriends these days? And then, bonus question, how can you we overcome these things? What are some ways we can work to combat these obstacles? Okay, so I think everybody would have a different way of saying it, but one of the biggest obstacles is time. Um, mm-hmm. That a lot of us, you know, our girlfriends unfortunately fall prey to our to-do list and the craziness of just our day-to-day busyness. So for me, an overcoming of that obstacle is really to try to actually schedule intentional time with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been so blessed, especially locally, to have good friends that um, that that surround me and lift me up. But it, it, I've taken some steps in recent years to be more intentional about that. And a good example of that is. Um, with my friend Martha, who um, she and I, um, most Thursdays, if I'm in town, we'll have, we'll go to 645 Mass together in the morning, and then we just go to go out for coffee for an hour afterwards. And uh, I'm not in any kind of women's Bible study at my parish. That's it. We pray together, and and mm-hmm. we just, you know, have that time. And and I really try to honor that. I have to wake up earlier than sometimes <clears throat> I'd like to to do it, but um, having it on my calendar um, honors that relationship and has, has borne really great fruit in that friendship. That is beautiful. And that's so inspiring because I think you're right. Time is a huge thing. So being intentional about it and having it on your calendar is one way to really make those commitments to our real life girlfriends come to life. Now, I don't want us to run out of time before we get to our lightning round here with Lisa Hendy. Now, in our lightning round, we just spend 60 seconds asking some kind of fun questions, and Lisa will answer really quickly. Don't be nervous, Lisa. You got this. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go with the lightning round with Lisa Hendy. Okay, Lisa. If you could get on a plane tomorrow to go anywhere for one week, who would you take with you and where would you go? Greg and Adam to New York City to see my son, Eric. Oh, easy. Okay. Years from now, St. Lisa Handy will be the patron saint of what? (laughs) Procrastination. (laughs) I love it. Great. All right, Lisa, what is one thing that we will always find in your purse? Oh, um, the car keys to my Mini Cooper. Oh, awesome. I love, I love picturing you driving that around. All right, what TV or radio show would be your dream spot to land a spot on? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, I'm going to go outside the Catholic realm and say the tech guy. Uh-huh. I love it. Perfect. Okay, real quick. Describe your perfect date night. On the couch with my husband bottle of a nice uh, sparkling wine crackling fire candles oh i love it and that's exactly out of time so perfect i love that we've gotten to know you a little bit more there Check it out, you guys. Go to catholicmom.com and you won't miss any of the awesome stuff Lisa Hendy is up to. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the Girlfriends Podcast. And I am proud to call you my own real-life girlfriend. Thanks, Danielle, for the gift of your friendship and for all you do to lift us up. God bless you. Is
isn't Lisa Hendy great? I mean, she's just so nice and so generous and so talented and inspiring. She's one of those people that, you know, if you know her persona online, you know she seems just so nice and so open and giving and supportive of everybody. And um, she's speaking of jealousy and competition and friendship. She's one of those people that I knew online. And you know how when you know somebody online like that, you kind of think, oh, that can't be real. They can't be that nice. It, you know, they must be fake in some way. But Lisa's not. I mean, when I met her in real life, she's every bit as genuine and generous and kind and supportive in real life as she comes across online. She's just the real deal. And I'm so honored that she spent some time with us here today. Well, now guess what? It's time for the Girlfriends Shout Out. And this week's Girlfriend Shout Out is going out to Anna Kasich. Now, Anna was a subscriber to my daily emails that I put out for Advent at the end of last year. And she wrote to let me know that um, she's finding success with something in the new year based on her Advent. Here's what she said. Thanks for sharing some of your Advent with me this year. I just wanted to share back that I had an awesome Advent preparing for Christmas because I turned off Facebook for the month of December. It gave me so much peace. I am now back on Facebook, but I feel like I look at Facebook and other things like it, other things that I read with a fresh perspective now. I just wanted to let you know about my first little success of 2016. Well, congratulations, Anna. Here's your shout out. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. And I really think that's terrific because that really does fit right in with the theme of our show this week where we're talking about competition among women and jealousy among women and avoiding that kind of comparing yourself with other people and the kind of peace that can come, as Anna attests to, from shutting out those negative influences in your life, from identifying what they are. It isn't necessarily Facebook. It could be anything tempting you away from what your personal goals are. So good for you, Anna. You get this week's shout out. And if you want to get a shout out from girlfriends, send me your successes. Let me know what's going on in your life, what's working, um, how you're doing with our weekly challenges. That's coming up next. And, you know, just let us know what kinds of things you're succeeding at in your life so we can encourage and affirm one another and be inspired by each other's small successes. Those are the ones that matter the most. So thank you for sharing, Anna. And I look forward to giving you a shout out in the future. Okay, guess what time it is. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. So I told you I was going to be challenging you weekly, and here it comes. Your challenge this week, girlfriends, should you choose to accept it, is uh, based on the theme of our show this week, which is talking about jealousy and competition among women and the ways in which that can hurt our friendships um, with people that we care about, can hurt our own self-esteem, can hurt our relationship with our creator. So this week's challenge, um, based on that theme, is to spend some time this week giving some thought to the kinds of people, the kinds of things that are in your life, the kinds of groups you might belong to, the kinds of things you spend your time doing online or in real life, that tempt you toward jealousy or competition with other people? Where do you find yourself tempted to compete? Where do you find yourself tempted to compare yourself, whether you're winning or losing? Where is that happening in your life? And then think of a particular person who might bring that out in you. 
think about uh, what's what are some of the reasons why that person might bring that out in you? What are some of your vulnerabilities with regard to your relationship with that person? So spend some time. That's the first part of this challenge. Spend some time thinking about a particular person or a particular group that you belong to, something you participate in that might bring that jealousy and competition out in you. And then you're going to pray for that person. Yeah, I told you this is a tough, this is a challenge. So, um, you know, if it's a if it's a group of people, that's fine. You can pray for that group of people. If it's um, one particular friend in your life or somebody that even that you're related to or in your group or whatever it is, pray for that person. And it's difficult to do. Thank God for the blessings he's given to that person. Thank God for the gifts he's given to that person. Ask for the grace to see that person's gifts as true gifts and to be truly grateful for them. And then ask God to open your eyes to the ways in which he's calling you to be closer to him, the kinds of friendships he wants you to cultivate in your life, the kinds of women he wants you to surround yourself with, and the kind of activities that he wants you to spend your time on. So open your heart in that way. So you're going to think of a person who challenges you in this particular way and pray for that person. And then let me know how it's going, because I know this is a challenge. We call it a challenge for a reason. Let me know how the challenge goes for you, and maybe I can share some of your feedback in a future episode. And good luck to all of us this week. We got this. So I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing some of your day and some of your time here with me at Girlfriends. You can find the show notes for this week's episode about jealousy and competition among women at daniellebean.com. And you can email me your questions, your comments, your feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I need it all. I'm not kidding. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid you're going to hurt my feelings. I want to know what I'm doing right. I want to know what I'm doing wrong. I want to know how this podcast can better serve your needs because this is your podcast. This is about you. And I want it to be something that you feel like you have ownership of, that you feel like it can really be tailored to meet your particular needs as a woman in life today. So again, reach out to me at daniellebean.com. There's lots of ways you can uh, connect with me. You'll find that in the show notes, or you can always just email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Thank you for being here. Enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.